ulterior. So, if everything that I have intended works out, then this episode will have gone up on Tuesday, May 17th, and that is because I need everything about this week to be over by the 18th, because that is the day that Rouge Carpet Disaster by Static Dress is dropping, and anybody who has been following this for the last year would know what Static Dress has meant to me, what that record is going to mean to me, and the importance of it, not just to... uh you know, my music fan, but also my personal life. So it's absolutely necessary for me to get all this finished by Tuesday. So if I did so, cool. If I didn't, it's going up Tuesday anyways. I don't really care. Um, so for this episode, uh, I'm going to look at new singles from My Chemical Romance, Motionless and White, Loveless, uh, Lorna Shore, a couple of others I want to get to, and then brand new records from Moontooth, Glassbone, and State Champs. So yeah, thanks everyone. Enjoy this episode. Normally, the way that episodes work is I will start every week talking about my number one ranked song in Scenic Overlook, or at least the highest rated single if the number one song came from a record. Um, I'm going to be doing something differently today. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the number one song first. Uh, this was in Scenic Overlook, but it wasn't number one. And the reason I'm talking about it first is because I kind of have to, because this is the biggest song of the year so far. Probably the biggest song of the decade, really, for the scene. Like, this changed everything. This was a fucking shift, and I have some things to say about it. The Foundations of Decay by My Chemical Romance. So just understand like how asinine it sounds for me to be talking about a new My Chemical Romance song when all of us thought like this was over, you know, a decade ago. And they, you know, so the timeline goes that I think like it was like 2012 or 2013, they properly split. And then Halloween 2019, they announced their comeback and everybody went, absolute fucking ape shit it was one of the craziest things i've ever experienced in this scene one of the coolest things for that matter um they played the reunion reunion show de- december 20th 2019 i think that's when it was uh and then you know they had announced a tour and everything was going to be so grandiose and spectacular and it was going to be the big ass triumphant comeback of my cup of romance and then covid and it just didn't happen and they delayed it a year and then it didn't happen again and then they delayed it another year and it's like it's getting to the point where if you bought tickets for my chemical romance at the beginning of 2020 you're not going to see them until like almost three years later which is fucking crazy but the the my chemical romance fan base is that goddamn passionate where they're just gonna wait and it's remarkable it's really really admirable honestly and 
this single foundations of decay it was a complete surprise came out of fucking nowhere the second it happened it took over the tl like immediately everything was about my chemical romance and the foundations of decay and for good reason um so it was weird because it was like i i had an idea in my head of what the first single back from my chem would sound like and this didn't sound like that having said that it's amazing i think foundations of the k fucking rules um every complaint i saw about the mixing i will say i understand where they're coming from with those gripes i look at it as this was so like far removed from what was expected of my chemical romance because i think everyone or seemingly everybody expected something like i'm not okay or welcome to the black parade or something like more commercial sounding for the first single back and instead it was like so emo and grimy and dirty and it's just like it's six minutes long and it's just six minutes of some of the most like downbeat depressing shit that has dropped this year and it's not what i expected but it's also everything i could have asked for um i love the slow tempo going throughout it i love how it's just like it's almost like the first verse is intentionally so slow because they knew the listener would just in their head be like i can't fucking believe i'm listening to my chemical romance in 2022 um lyrically it's so just apropos for my chemical romance to be coming back in this fashion and be talking about like not knowing if their expectations are going to be met if they're doing the right thing the references to 9-11 which is important because 9-11 is what started this band um and the like the i don't want to say heaviness because i I don't think it's heavy but it's just like so um again grimy for my chemical romance the the bridge and the breakdown and just you know gerard screaming it's again nothing like what i thought it would be but i also completely fucking adore this song and again even if it's not number one this week for myself it this is gonna sound cheesy but it's number one in my heart because it's fucking my chemical romance Moving ahead now into the number one song for the week, that being Slaughterhouse by Motionless and White featuring Brian Garris from Knocked Loose. This is another song that kind of went against what I expected it to because, like, when I see the name Motionless and White featuring Brian Garris, I am expecting something, like, completely brutal and heavy and thrashing all the way through, and the heavy sections of Slaughterhouse definitely deliver on that end. Um, you know, there are some really sick breakdowns and callouts and blah is there before a breakdown, but it is the chorus that really took me aback and caught me off guard because even when already knowing just how good Chris Motionless can be at delivering clean melodies, I just wasn't expecting it to happen in this song because of the nature of that was presented of it. Um, but Slaughterhouse nails everything it attempted perfectly in my opinion and also my opinion, I would say that this is the best of the singles so far for scoring the end of the world out on June 10th, just a reminder to everybody. The only drugs that bump has Craig Goins in it. Or apparently now it also has Brennan Savage because of the new single from Destroyer Built Into God shows called Outcast vs. Everyone. Not a single thing left to prove. Send me to hell. 
And I guess we can keep the trend going of tracks that I wasn't expecting to hear out of certain bands. Um, and granted, Drugs have been very versatile throughout their singles rollout uh, so far for Destroy Rebuild. June 17th, I think it is, maybe. I have to go back and check. Um, but the singles rollout has been like, you know, diverse. Uh, songs like Destiny and Brighter Side, they don't sound like each other, but they still sound incredible. And to me, it, it's the cadence of Outcast versus Everyone that was so startling while also being outstanding. Um, and it's, it's not even just the feature from Brandon who, who killed it in this role. Um, Outcast is like slow and charming while also being brooding. And I, I know I made this same comparison for The Summit by Spirit Box, but Outcast really reminded me of the theme song for Serial Experiments Lane. It has like that kind of like 90s flair to it, that weird little like, um, I don't even know how to really explain it. It's just something that's like so inherent to that style. And Drugs perfectly encapsulated it with Outcast vs. Everyone. Um, maybe my favorite of the single so far for Destroy Rebuild. And just, you know, four, four tracks in so far for this record. No reason to doubt Drugs whatsoever. A brand new Loveless single with potentially the song title of the year so far. If you have my Voodoo doll, give me a hug. Hey, guess what? Another song that did not sound anything like what I thought it would. Because up to this point, and especially off of the two prior singles, Sorry I'm a Downer and Killing Time, Loveless was seemingly taking like the emo mantle for themselves. And and granted, that is still the case for this song, considering the name of the, of the track. But there is a real like rock and roll element to Voodoo Doll that I would have expected from a band like Royal Blood, not necessarily Loveless, but I think it works tremendously well. I love the rhythm to the song. I love how explosive the chorus is. I continue to believe that Julian is one of the best minds in the scene right now when it comes to crafting these perfect songs because I don't think Loveless have missed once. Ever since Better dropped, uh, you know, back in April 2020, it's just consistency on top of consistency for this band and like, we are genuinely treated every fucking time we get a new Loveless song. We've got some details on the newest Rain City Drive album, uh, but before I get in, into that, I want to go over the new single, Waiting On You. It is a self-titled album dropping on July 21st, so the first album under the name Rain City Drive and also the second one in the discography of Slaves, if you want to say, with Matt McAndrew on vocals. Um, so Waiting On You, this song fucking delivers, guys, and, and I couldn't expect anything else from this band because they just embody consistency. Uh, when you look at the other two singles, Cutting It Close and Dreams, like... 
Um, we are seeing Rain City Drive operate at one of the highest levels any band possibly can right now. The the melodies and the hooks in Waiting on You are so fucking infectious. Um, and it's not just Matt who carries the performance. Everybody else in the band has their own weight that they're able to perfectly navigate. Um, in harmony and unison, Rain City Drive are not like any other band out there right now. Um, if I can say anything about the album in July... It is that I am hoping for at least a few songs that are a bit more emotional. And I'm talking about like, uh, you know, how To Better Days had cursed and uh, talked to a friend. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the singles so far for Rain City Drive because they're all immaculate. But selfishly, that is an area that I'm hoping they explore with this record. And I think they will. We just haven't gotten there yet for the singles. But Waiting On You, a perfect single for Rain City Drive. Um... I think one of the more anticipated singles of the year so far for the scene, Sun Eater by Lorna Shore. Now, this one sounded exactly like what I thought it would. Uh, this is Lorna Shore's first song since the EP And I Returned to Nothingness, which had to the hellfire on it, uh, essentially the song that changed their careers forever. And Sun Eater is the perfect follow-up song. It still incorporates the elements of death metal and black metal into the style of Lorna Shore that they've been doing since Immortal. And it feels and sounds like so epic and grandiose in its structure and like some I don't, I don't know greek mythology type shit um the breakdowns are exactly what anybody who listens to Lauren Shore would be expecting uh will ramos continues to elevate himself as the or at least in my opinion the best deathcore vocalist in the world right now there is just like this unstoppable nature to Lorna Shore and it's been building and building, and it feels like so gratifying to watch all this happen in real time. Um, I, I don't know the source of this necessarily, but I did see a reliable Twitter account say that the Lorna Shore album this year is slated for October. And, like, I, I can't wait for it. Like, just to put it very, very lightly... The Lorna Shore album this year, whatever it turns out to be called, whatever is on it, Sun Eater to the Hellfire, whatever, um, people are watching. And people who don't necessarily fuck with Deathcore the way that we do, like, they've got eyes on them, Lorna Shore. And it's going to be really, really, really interesting to see what happens with this record that has the potential, and maybe I'm being dramatic here, the potential to change Deathcore as an entire genre. New Charlotte Sands single featuring Aaron Galepsi from Under Oath. This one is called Out of My Head. I'm not going to say it again, but just follow the fucking trend of this episode and y'all can figure it out. Um, Charlotte had primarily crafted her sound out of pop punk and pop rock over the last year, year and a half or so. And then suddenly, out of my head, it feels so 
atmospheric uh, the same way that like bring me the horizon would and then maybe like architects in some instances i remember there was a song off of uh for those that wish to exist i think it was flight without feathers that is like so ambient um there is some bit of that i can sense happening with out of my head um aaron's feature spot on this single makes sense considering that charlotte was on the remix of hallelujah by under oath actually now that i think about it under oath can maybe be considered to be another influence on this song's style um so again very different from what i would expect from charlotte but the same level of effectiveness that she did with songs like dress and every guy ever um she is a star and i need more people to realize that like sooner than later at long fucking last polyphia returned brand new single playing god What's funny to me is that I remember reviewing the recent Animals as Leaders album, and I ended it by saying something along the lines of, uh, Polyphia, you have so-and-so time period to respond. And then they fucking responded. And they responded with this nylon string contraption that does everything I know Polyphia to be characteristic of. Like, playing God is so... And this isn't, this isn't just uh, pertaining to the song itself, but also the artwork. It is so chaotic while being controlled at the same time. Um, the energy of the single kind of shifts halfway through, and it started to remind me of something I would associate with Kefka Palazzo from Final Fantasy. Um, it was just so fucking, like, euphoric to get to hear this out of Polyphia in this day and age, because Polyphia has been one of the most important bands in my life for the last number of years. Their 2016 album, Renaissance, was my record of the year for that year. Um, I don't think they're just one of the, or rather, I don't think that they're just the best, uh, instrumental band out there. I think they are one of the best bands in general going today. And they have been for a minute now. Um, God, like this was so rewarding and satisfying to get to listen to. And, you know, like every instance prior Polyphia has my full undivided attention. Whenever Polyphia does something, everything else in my stratosphere gets dropped. It's fucking Polyphia. The final single that I will be giving its own spotlight to for this episode comes from Waterparks. It is Funeral Grey. This is the band's debut on their new label, Fueled by Ramen, and I think they made a case immediately for being the new faces of the label with just how effective Funeral Grey is. Um, this single embodies everything I would expect from Waterparks in terms of like catchiness and also quirky lyrics. Like you get moments like 3am, she walked in, took a hit. I said that shit is going to kill you. She kind of smiled and then blew it in my face. She said, well, now you're going to die too. Um, had this been on Greatest Hits, which just turned one year old this week, I believe, or it's going to turn, um, I really, really think this would have been my favorite song on the record. Um, I love everything about Funeral Grey. Um, Water Parks, I don't think I give them enough credit. I don't show them enough love on this show. 
um, they've earned their spot as being like poster boys for the scene. And, um, you know, had they come around back in the the 2000s, we would be talking about them in the same line as My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy and Paramore. But because it is 2022, we get to talk about them as water parks. And that's still really fucking cool. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5 to on social media. Me, Myself, and I by 5 Seconds of Summer, Flesh and Stone by Bleed From Within, Reckoning by Cave In, Touch by Cohen, The Hatchet by God Eater, Shivering by Alinium featuring Spirit Box, Fucking Up by Jinx, Broken Lying by Last Night Saved My Life, Stepmom by Lauren Hibbard, Houndin Part 2 by Leto featuring Aviva, Misery by Mayflower, Fandom by Makari, The Internet by Miles featuring Lolo, Puzzles by Nova Twins, Lies by Pale Waves, Promises by Party, Staying Up by Platinum featuring Riley, On My Own by Sable Hills, White Rabbit by Saving Vice, Talk To Me by Scarlett O'Hara, Sunlight by Shangri-La, Follow The Flies by Simulcara featuring Year of the Knife, Been A Sun by Soft Cult, Hangman by Spite, Toxic Love by Story Untold, and Odyssey by What Lies Below. This was one of my favorite singles weeks ever, guys. Like, so many of these singles fucking hit and delivered, and it was a real treat to get to listen to them. And now I'm going to go ahead and get into the three records from last week that I have picked out to talk about on this show. And I'm going to start with the one EP, that being Spirals, A Safe Place to Self-Destruct by Glassbone. There was a small bit of familiarity with Glassbone that I had prior to this record, but even with that, this was an instance of me being able to look at the details for an EP and immediately know what I was going to be getting. A Blood Blast distribution release with five songs only spanning 15 minutes. Like, bro, that shit is about to go dumb heavy. Like, that much was evident. And I, I did sort of already know that from the song Spirals, which I did I listened to back when it was a single. And that song comes in in the middle of the track list, and it gives off every bit of aggression that this EP grounds itself in, while also having like these weird soft-spoken bits that gave me similar vibes to what Tyler Denon had been doing on that last Sworn In record, All Smiles. Um, the EP actually opens with Pitch Black, which acts as in my estimation, the perfect introduction to all of these concepts by taking its time to build itself up through this atmospheric section before breaking out into the brutal nature of Spirals as a whole for the last half of that track. Um, the transition from Pitch Black into So Well was done so seamlessly, and between that song and Kingdom, the ideas presented by Glassbone are only further established by portraying this band as what they are, which is one of the best hardcore bands at the moment that feels like they're still going unnoticed. Um, and then you get into the closing track, and the flies go where the tears drop. And I, I don't really want to say like that song was a departure from the rest of the EP per se, but it certainly had a different delivery that focused more on some of that soft-spoken material that I was talking about, 
And uh, along with that, the development of this melody in the chorus that is like, um, I guess like hauntingly beautiful in, in a way. Um, this was easily my favorite song off of the EP, and I thought that it did a magnificent job in letting me finish the record on the highest possible note. Um, this was a big dub for Glassbone, um, a big dub for Blood Blast Distribution, a big dub for anybody who, you know, is looking for that kind of like hardcore and metalcore and deathcore amalgamation that it just like immediately punches you in the face once it enters your space. Um, there was not a single part of this 15 minute runtime that I thought was a miss. Nothing that I thought Glassbone did not capitalize on. If anything, all this EP did was leave me wanting more from them. And I did go with a 10 for this because I felt like, you know, I got exactly what I wanted out of this release and it satisfied every urge for a heavy record I wanted this week. And I just kind of thought like, you know, yeah. For anybody who is going to hear this right now, which I don't imagine being a ton of people, but it really should be a ton, uh, the reward is there. The satisfaction is there. You get glass bone and you get spirals and you get everything you could possibly ask for. Let's venture into some pretty weird territory now. Uh, the brand new Moontooth album, Phototroph. This isn't the band's first record, but it is the first of theirs that I listen to. Um, and without the Pure Noise Records stamp on this album, I don't think this is something that I would have been seeking out on my own. Um, not because I didn't like it. I, I actually thought that Photo Travel was a very good album. But the sound present here is a lot more reminiscent of bands like Macedon and Baroness more than anything that I would associate with the typical scene band. Um, so I took this record's existence as the chance for me to branch outside of what is normally covered on Ulterior, and I respected that. I liked the belief that I was going to get to uh, navigate and ultimately discuss something that was out of my comfort zone. Um, so there were two singles that I reviewed prior. Those being Carry Me Home and Alpha Hal. Uh, with Carry Me Home, I love the flow of the instrumentation throughout it and how it was like very, or maybe not very, but at least like somewhat Avenged Sevenfold-esque of a past life of theirs, such as like Nightmare or Self-Titled. Um, Alpha Hal, I was like, okay, that song is slightly different from what I just mentioned about Carry Me Home, uh, and it did venture more into that Mastodon territory, but I still really, really fucked with it, and I thought, especially like vocally, uh, this was some of the best work on the record. Uh, I thought it worked out very, very well, and it gave me a lot to look forward to. Um, the opening song, I Revere, has some of the coolest moments instrumentally on the album, and it showcased some slight hints of like Southern rock, uh, he is Legend is the name that was coming to my head. Uh, it, that, that kind of style was implemented into the sounds that I've been discussing. And what I Revere did more than anything else was show me that whether 
Moontooth are operating heavily or softly, they are more than capable of delivering their desired sound. Um, we, we did get to see some more moments of like a downbeat metal influence, like on, uh, Backburner, The Eye That Never Dies, and Grip on the Ridge. There was that, um, you know, like, uh, I don't want to say Viking, uh, influence. That's not what I'm trying to say. Uh, but just something like that I wouldn't really, uh, go out of my way to hear. But I still enjoyed the fact that I got to hear it. Um, and it, it felt like, uh, with a song like, um, God, I should have fucking looked up how to pronounce this before I wrote it down. Nymphasay. 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 Let's just go with that. Nymphasay. Um, that song sounded like, uh, there was this, uh, center stage of the instrumentation over the vocals. And I mean that with regards to like the, the fast picking on the guitars throughout it and the way that it was just kind of like, um, like Lord of the Rings esque, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um, th- there were songs like Death Wish Blues and Oh My Isle that did more in terms of crafting melodies that managed to stick with me. And, and those ended up being two of my favorite songs on the record, especially Oh My Isle. I, I thought that was a real home run for Moontooth. Um, later on, you get into the closing track, which is also the title track, Phototroph, which has some, like, power metal inspiration all throughout it somewhat. Um, there was this, uh, God, when would that have been? Like, 2007 or 8? Uh, but there was this band back then called Black Tide, whose guitar work I can hear bits and pieces, uh, having been laced throughout the title track, um, and by that point in the album, I was able to kind of take a step back and think like, okay, nothing that I heard off of this record, I would have gone out of my way to listen to from another band. Uh, this is one of those albums that it needed that scene label, like literal scene label, pure noise to get me hooked onto it. But I'm glad that was the case because I felt like I was able to experience something very different for myself, very uh, you know, away from the norm. And I appreciated that, uh, because ulterior, you know, at its core should be about me taking chances and not being so, uh, you know, sitting idly in one spot and Moontooth and Phototroph. I got that. Um, how is this record going to age? I'm not sure. Uh, could it grow on me? Yes. Can it also be forgotten in the end? I don't want to say forgotten, but like maybe it's not going to grow any point beyond where it's at. Maybe my affinity for the album has peaked. I don't deny that's possible, but even if that's the case, this was a great experience. I enjoyed the record. I'm going to continue to follow Moontooth from here on out, and we'll see what the future holds for them. And finally, an album that I have been waiting Weeks and weeks and months and truthfully fucking years to get to. The Kings of the New Age by State Champs. So this is a pretty big deal. Um, I think over the last like nine or eight years at this point, state champs have cemented themselves in my eyes as one of the premier pop punk bands of 
not only this generation, but in the history of music and art for that matter. Um, the finer things dropping when it did in 2013 meant the fucking world to me as someone who was starting college and really like trying to figure out and navigate this strange ass world for really the first time. Um, around the world and back in 2015 was another major point for my fandom of this scene because of like what was happening again to go back to my personal life what was happening to me uh, at home at that time um it was just everything to me and songs on that record like perfect score eyes closed and all yours history have been staples for myself ever since then and i don't foresee that ever changing um when living proof came out in 2018 i don't believe i was as high on that album uh, as others but I acknowledge that my favorite State Champ song ever is on that album in the form of Criminal. And Criminal being the opening song for Living Proof made a very, 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 very unfair scenario for Here to Stay, which is the opener on Kings of the New Age. It's a great song and a perfect song, I would even say. Um, I love how the first line in the song is literally kings of the new age then proceeds to show exactly why state champs have the pedestal over pop punk that they have built and earned it's just that any song in, in comparison to criminal is going to feel lesser but i don't want to say that here to stay is a lesser song it is still a, a fucking banger um I, I i guess like to kind of uh give an overall sense to state champs right away I feel similarly about them that I do a band like Of Mice and Men in the sense that I don't think they're pushing any new ideas forward in their genre. Um, like, you know, we're, we're not talking about Bring Me the Horizon or The Plot in You in terms of innovation, but state champs are just taking what they know and continue to put out some really impressive tracks with that mindset. And that is more than enough uh, for them to captivate me. And, you know, it's also largely what this review is predicated on. The singles rollout was executed just about as well as it could have gone. Um, I think in some ways there was this element of each song being better than the prior one, at least in my mind. Um, like, Just Sound was the perfect reintroduction to State Champ's core sound. Out of My Head was one of the catchy songs of last year. Everybody But You, which features Ben Burlow from Neck Deep, showed some versatility from state champs with the like pop infused verses and the acoustic guitar backing and then there was eventually which probably does still stand as my favorite song on the record as of now i just love the energy to eventually and how it feels like kind of fast paced in some ways but also like very like tame and pop centric to what state champs normally do in some ways uh it was just a perfect song i believed um and to get right into one of the biggest high points of the album, there is the song Half Empty, which features Chrissy Costanza from Against the Current. I have said all of the nice things that I can about Chrissy in the past, but I will do so again because I I don't think it can be understated, like, or it, it, it can't be overstated, I mean, the magical touch that she has to everything that she puts out musically and the star power that she wields like Chrissy is a fucking star um and the chorus on Half Empty is monstrous and it really sounds like something that could be played in a big ass arena like it has this real drown by bringing the horizon feel to it that is only accentuated by the piano bits laced in 
Um, there's a song called Act Like That, which features Mitchell Tenpenny, who I wasn't familiar with, and I had to do research on to find out that he's a country pop artist. So something like this is like so out there compared to what state champs normally do, but it was a partnership that I couldn't get enough of. It, it really reminded me of when Issues had John Langston on Young and Dumb back in 2016, um... The other featured spot on the record came from Four Years Strong on the song Sundress, which has one of the, the at least my favorite courses on the entire record. Um, it is just so catchy and infectious and like completely in alignment with everything else on this record. Um, the closing song, Some Minds Don't Change, has a slightly slower tempo to it, but that is only in comparison to the upbeat nature that uh, state champs normally have going for their tone. Um to me, it was the exclamation point on a perfect record, uh, and I, I, I think Kings of the New Age is more than worthy of standing alongside State Champ's other material. Like, I can comfortably put this record next to Around the World and Back and say, you know, you are equal to this. Like, they put out something that, you know, I've wanted for so long, I was waiting for, because it's been four fucking years since Living Proof, guys. Like, it was a long-ass time, and granted, you know, COVID, other shit, um, just uh, affects the timeline for every band but it was well worth the wait for state champs it, it was well worth the wait because i was able to get something that i am proud to have heard it makes me even more proud than i already was to call myself a state champs fan i think if they're not the best pop punk band in the world right now you know maybe it's between you and me maybe it's about to become um in her own words but if it's state champs right now we're, we're eating good we're eating real fucking good thanks to state champs. And that's it. That was every album and EP and single from last week that I had to talk about. Um, so I'm kind of sick right now. Actually, not kind of. I am very, very sick right now. Uh, so if my voice sounded any weird, uh, weird in any way, I mean, on this recording, um, I apologize for that. But at the same time, it was important for me to get this episode out at this exact moment. So if you listen to this whole episode and it was Tuesday, May 17th, I fucking did it. You know, I did what I set out to do. And now the calm before static dress is mine to intake without having the weight of a new episode, uh, you know, bearing me per se. I don't know what I'm getting at anymore, guys. I'm just going to go ahead and let y'all go. I got stuff to do. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always... For better or worse, let's make a scene.